Should we pray together? We thank you, Lord, for the miracle of this wonderful world and we should be alive in it today and for the beauty of coming together to worship you and to step out in faith to serve you. Please open your word to us, anoint us with your spirit, join us as one so that we may represent you as your ambassadors in the world you love. In Jesus' name, amen. You can, yes. That's cool. Thank you. Super. Well, it's an absolute delight to come to day one of our mission with you, with Living Hope Mission, and uh, it's great fun to actually turn theory into practice. And I should say that Sam and I have known each other for quite a while since we shared in a fellowship group together at Whitcliffe Hall. And I was here to see him instituted and commissioned for service among you. What touches me is that together the Lord is inviting us to share in his great eternal plan of offering his grace and truth to a broken and sometimes indifferent or hostile world. How is that going to happen? Well, the Lord could send angels to get it done. Uh, He could send fresh prophets. But guess what? He chooses us, weak little us, to go and break open the word of God and share the love and the good news of the gospel. The verse that touches me most is this verse, that the word became flesh. The point was, God wanted to come himself and say, yes, I love you so much, I'm coming in person. The first followers of Jesus when they saw who he was, were drawn to him ever closer. It was good in-service training, wasn't it? They saw him at work. It's one thing to listen to the parables, but I think it was the miracles that startled them. And it got people interested. And when they saw him die on the cross, they thought it was all over. We had hoped that this would be the one to save Israel. It's all over. But Jesus comes upon us gently And he says, oh, you who are slow of heart to believe, wasn't it necessary that Christ should die and rise again like this to save us? And so out they went, knowing that Jesus was alive, and what a world they went into. It was pretty hostile, wasn't it? Uh, Well, they were full of a world of lots of different faiths. They had few resources. Uh, They were a tiny minority They lived under the oppression of an occupying power, and they didn't have much money, and, uh, well, the world was keen to pick them off one by one. A bit like us, you might think. (laughs) The world out there is strange and dark, isn't it? Think for a moment. Um, Our health has been threatened by a pandemic in the air. There's a Ukraine war going on where violence has come onto European territory for the first time for ages. Uh, We've got a whole stress of different pressures upon us, mental and physical stress. Uh, Money is tight. Inflation is at 10%. There are people hungry needing food banks on the street. Lord God, what a world this is. So then and now... 
Jesus is looking for his ambassadors to go and represent his grace and love in the world. Now, we hope we can come and share living hope. It's a world of despair, isn't it? In fact, Leslie Newbegin, who wrote as a missionary bishop from India but came to Birmingham, he said in one of his books, Gospel and Culture, he said, the only hope for the world is the gospel of Jesus Christ made real through the local church. Isn't that wonderful? So we, dear friends, are another little lighthouse, an oasis, a place of light and hope, a place of hospitality and welcome, because the Lord wants us to be placed incarnate is the big word, but made flesh. His word fleshed out in reality so that personally and in community we can welcome people to come. Let me share a few stories about living hope. The church I go to in Oxford called St Andrews, they've got a commission team who go called Inner Vista and they work in Ukraine. And they're supporting people who are at risk of their lives. Ira said, Lord, how can I help? I'm not really trained. And the Lord seemed to say to her, look, you've got a nine-seater minibus. This is what you can bring to the table. What should I do? Go and rescue a few people. So she drove two and a half hours to Kherson and uh, got some people out filled with nine. And then she went back and did it again. And then they bombed the road. So she went out and it took her five hours round the back roads and by the time she got there, loads more people had heard that this angel had come with a minibus. Guess what? You know the old game, how many people can you pack into a mini? I don't know what your record number is, but they beat it. They got 27 into the minibus and they drove back and she was a rescuing angel because the Lord sent her with what she had. What about people who are hungry on the street? It was incredible to meet the team last night, uh, who, who are doing this uh, wonderful work of the, of the soup kitchen. And we have something not quite as good as yours, but we do do a food bank. And uh, sometimes the wealthier Christians of North Oxford come across to where I was working in East Oxford, and they planted a food bank. There was a lady there, uh, Mrs. Roberts. She said, uh, this is, these are her own words. I'm a local-born chav from Blackbird Leeds. I don't believe in God, and I don't like the church very much. Uh, but I have to say this. If you guys hadn't come across and brought your food boxes to Holloway, Blackbird Leeds, and Rose Hill, none of my friends would be alive today. So... Grudgingly, I've got to say thank you. <laughs> Is that cool? So against the better judgment, she saw these Christians serving in practical ways, fleshing out the compassion of Christ to people in desperate need. Here's one more. Uh, there's a lady who came last year on the mission team to Watford. Uh, her name is Swapna. Uh, she's from a Hindu background. By the way, we chatted to some people at the Hindu temple yesterday before we arrived. And uh, I said, what made you come to Christ out of Hinduism? She said, do you know what? I couldn't bear the idea of constant reincarnation with no grace to help me. And so 
she come to take, she shared her testimony. And guess what? She trained as a doctor, and during this pandemic, she stepped forward to serve in the front line way before the protective equipment was available. And she risked her life out of the compassion of the Lord Jesus. We were joking last night about Paul, St. Paul saying, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And it's a bit like he's saying, okay, I'll toss you for it. Am I supposed to stay here and serve you? Or am I supposed to die and be executed and go to be with the Lord? Which is far better than staying on with you lot. That's Bruce's translation. Don't, you have to miss that bit. But um, so heads I win and tails I win. I'm going to be with the joy of the company of Christians or the even greater joy of being with the Lord forever. Which is it going to be? And once she saw that, she said, so we're going to serve, aren't we? Bring it on. What tremendous faith and courage and what beautiful glory and witness. So we come to ours. What kind of living hope can we offer here? Well, the great phrase is that they saw the glory of God in the face of Christ. Remember this phrase? We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Now, I have to say that when I was brought up as a young Christian, we had to contend for the truth. We were looking for the history, the original languages, the archaeology, and we fought hard for the truth of Jesus Christ as Lord. These days I'm wondering, is it good, better actually to do grace first? Show the signs of love and then say, oh, I wonder what's inspiring these people. Grace and truth. In fact, it goes on a bit, doesn't it? It says, here's the one, out of his fullness we've all received grace upon grace. It keeps piling it on. God can't help showering us with his grace and love. Grace, by the way, simply means God's undeserved favor, even on those who ignore him. Quite extraordinary. And that's what we're trying to make real here. In fact, uh, the Bishop of Kensington, Graham Tomlin, wrote a book called The Provocative Church. And what he means by that is, can you live in such a way, so gracious, so generous, so welcoming, that you provoke interesting, curious questions in the minds of those who are watching. And they say, who? Or, I like to preach the gospel of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but that rather dates me. Because uh, when they come tracking after them, they say, who are those guys? That's the question I'd love buzzing around West Ealing. Who are those guys at St. John's who opened up for a vaccination centre, who served with the soup kitchen? who are out on the street making a noise for Jesus, who are having a wonderful sports quiz or an acoustic concert, or uniting with Mothering Sunday to thank God for all those who are showing the love of God through being parents together. Beautiful. That's what we're trying to do. So, here we are trying to follow in their footsteps. A couple of pictures just to end with. First of all, Last night, it was rather fun to have a little ring and share supper together, and I found this in Tesco's. I thought, oh, thank you, Lord, that's my visual aid. Uh, I was putting the salad and the fruit in, and I thought, that was good. Do you like that? Can you see that? Two halves, one half. Sam, come here, we'll put our hands together. 
because I think this shows us that we are in Christ. There is, do you like that? <laughs> Have you got it now? So, two halves, but one heart. Put it there, my man. So we're doing this stuff together because we're breaking down all the barriers, both within the church and across the social gulfs that seem to split us up. God doesn't get split up. And the Holy Spirit can actually break through any barriers through the great power of love. And if you're a little bit afraid, as I sometimes am in mission, shall we ask for the perfect love of Christ to displace that fear and give us compassion instead? The source of that perfect love, of course, is the cross. And I end with three beautiful crosses to show you. This is a cross to show that it's true, in fact, in history. A mosaic cross that comes from Tabka in Galilee, where Jesus fed 5,000. We've had this lovely communion. And this is to show, and I've, I've been in Israel five times myself, to actually ground this and to say, this is real, this is history. Jesus lived, gave his stories, showed his power, laid down his life in our place, rose again, and now reigns in triumph with the Father. There is Jesus Christ in history. That's the source. What about the scope of that love? Here is a Celtic cross. I quite love the fusion of the Roman background and the Celtic Christianity brought together. And here is an Irish cross, because they were the ones who really got it going, and which shows the cross over all the world. There is the Lord, Lord of all. And so we praise God for the scope First to the Jew, and then to the Gentile. Well, I'm glad that happened, because that includes me. Are there any Jews here today? Because I happen to have a Hebrew New Testament with me. I'd like to give it to you after the service. Come and see me. The second thing is to say, any Gentiles here? (laughs) Yeah, well, you're included too, by the grace of God. So that is the scope of the love of Christ represented in the Celtic cross. And here's a personal cross. I call this a a medic cross. Not magic, but medic. Well, it is magic too, if you like. Uh, But this is when I was ordained a priest and was able to take communion. They said, go into this hospital. Uh, We think we can manage the maternity and the orthopedic. uh, And maybe we can do some of the operations for hips and things. But we're not so good at road traffic accidents, the cancer ward, and the neurosurgery with open brain and heart surgery. Anyway, this lady had a voice box operation, and she couldn't speak. I had spoken to her for two weeks, then she had the operation. And then she said, thank you for communion. I was just dipping the wine in, uh, the, the bread in the wine, and giving it to her gently. The next week she came back, and she gave me this cross, and she wrote down, I said, take this to the bedside, of those who want to find Jesus. Is that a wow? And so I have taken this at my bedside communions in hospital and I bring it with me on mission too because it shows that Jesus can crack cancer. Maybe not by healing everybody, though I pray we can, but with the deeper healing of knowing forgiveness, peace and healing in the presence of Jesus Christ, our dying saviour, and our risen Lord. And that, my friends, is powerful good news. 
So as I round up, I'm going to say this. This is a beautiful message. It's good news. It's full of grace and truth. Would you be willing to come and join together as a united team, a united church, to come together, having shared communion, the big signs of the cross, and to flow out, filled up with the Spirit, and overflowing out to the homes, the schools, the streets. Who knows where the Lord wants to take us. We've got some plans, but uh, we think the Lord's in charge, and it, this stuff flows places we haven't quite seen yet. A bit like that Carlsberg advert. <laughs> this great grace reaches places that other messages cannot reach. <laughs> anyway, time for me to pause and to say... I wonder if you're ready to participate in this mission in whatever way you can. I know it was a bit of a wintry scene last week, wasn't it? And it took me back to those car- a bit of a bleak midwinter. As Shakespeare puts it, now is the winter of our discontent. No, no, we're graced with you, Lord. We're going to follow whatever happens. But remember that little carol in the bleak midwinter? What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what I can, I give him. Give my heart. That's all we're asking you to give. And whatever the Lord's love is expressed through you. If you'd like to know more, and you'd like to be prayed for, then come and see us afterwards, and I'd love to pray with you. Um, let's pray for God to heal us. I've been granted this oil here uh, by your dear vicar, and we can use it and anoint you. And if you'd like more, we can pray both for healing of body, mind, and spirit, and for commissioning in the name of the Lord. Shall we do that? So, I'll tell you what, let me pray, and then I'm going to commission us all. Is that okay? So, dear Lord, I pray that uh, you will fill us full of your grace and truth, and release us as one united church to make your message real, to flesh out your word, full of grace and truth. Speak to us, commission us, and send us out in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a way we could do it. Uh, Has anybody been in this church for 30 years and more? Yeah, please stand. You 30 years plus. This is how you're going to get commissioned. Well done. A little ripple for the those who've been involved for what. Next, those who've been here between t- uh, 20 and 30 years, 20 plus, please stand. A little ripple for them as well. 20. Pretty good. And now you who've been more recent than that between the last week and 10 years, please stand. Bless you all for taking part. Yeah, you've been here ten minutes, so you count as well. (laughs) Praise God. So, if I may, I'd like to use this commissioning in the form of a renewal of baptismal vows. Just follow what I guide you. And uh, the first questions, if I ask a question, you just say, I turn to Christ. Do you turn to Christ? I turn to Christ. So just respond with the I if you're ready, if if you'd like to get involved with this. Question. Do you turn to Christ? I turn to Christ. Do you repent of your sins? I repent of my sins. Do you renounce evil? 
I renounce evil. Beautiful. And here's a short Q&A creed. Do you believe, and the answer is, I believe and trust in him, I hope. Okay. Uh, do you believe in the living God? Re- just a minute, I haven't finished yet. I've got a little bit here. Do you believe in the living God revealed to us as Heavenly Father, who, through whom all things were made and to whom we were given account for our lives? I believe and trust in him. Do you believe in his son, Jesus Christ, who brought God's kingdom in word and deed, died in our place on the cross, was raised from death on the third day, and reigns in glory with the Father? I believe and trust in him. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, active as God in creation, inspired the prophets of Israel, animated Jesus at his baptism, was poured out on Jewish believers at Pentecost and reached the Gentiles and all who come thirsty for power through Christ. I believe and trust in him. This is our faith. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So as the, Jesus said this, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And then go into all the world... And make disciples, and remember I'm with you always to the end of the age. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, so you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Uh, Two last questions, and the response is, we are by faith. (coughs) Are you willing to serve Christ as his followers in the world? We are. Are you ready to share the gospel as his witnesses, In this living hope mission, we are. Then, as you come to Christ for mercy and comfort, so go with the good news of Jesus Christ in your hearts and minds to offer your neighbor what you have yourself already received in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. So we have a mission anthem, which is a well-known song which you enjoy, and it has living hope at its heart. And so I'm handing to Paul, and let's honour the Lord and ask him to reach us and make us signs of living hope. Amen. <laughs>